2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
0: The guys that have chosen not to be vaccinated, they've got to follow the protocols to a T. To a T. Because if there's consequences with not being vaccinated. We talked about this the last time, you know, do I think everybody should be vaccinated? Absolutely I do. I am for the vaccine. Frank is for the vaccine. We have a lot of guys on our team that are for the vaccine. And I want to make sure that people understand that, you know, around our community, that this is a good thing. Is it a hundred percent perfect? No, no, it's not, but it's a good thing. It's a really good thing it can help you from Ending up in the hospital in a critical situation. um, And it it helps stop some of the spread. And those are positive things. But for the guys who have chosen to not get vaccinated, they understand that they're still part of this team. That's their decision. But they're still part of our team. And they have to take care of the team. They have to protect the team. We've talked a lot about that.
2: Chris Ballard, Colts GM from yesterday. One of the teams that has kind of flown under the radar when it comes to the anti-vaccine movement a lot of Colts players firmly against it like in Buffalo like in Minnesota and management clearly in favor of it but what can you do yeah you can you can you can cut based on availability the guys who are on the margins of the roster right. but your key players like Carson Wentz not vaccinated as we now know because he had a five-day absence due to a close contact with an infected person you're not going to cut Carson Wentz over it so uh you know just one of the the many teams that could be affected by this as the season unfolds Chris and and even the teams with a high degree of vaccination can be affected now that they're going to test the players once a week you you will have players test positive more frequently because you're testing them more often i i remember way back in the early days of the pandemic Someone who wears a suit all the time said, don't "Why are we them. testing all these people? Don't test them. That's We're how you don't get, get positive, positive cases." Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's let's move on. Um, over/under win totals, courtesy of our friends at the PointsBet sports book for 2021. Let's start with the Colts. Nine and a half is the the magic number for Indy. You want over? You going under? I, I, I I'm on the fence with the Colts. I
3: don't know any other way to say it. I mean, I like the roster. I really do. Uh, I mean, I got a lot of respect for Chris Ballard. I will say, like we had that draft the other day. That, to me, they got a little bat, a little bit of a negative mojo there right now, and they got a very tough I mean, a very tough schedule to start out the year, and it. I guess that's what scares me. So I'm Mike. I'm. I think I'm going under with this one. This one's tough. It really is. But I think I'm going to go like nine and eight indianapolis colts and i don't know if that's going to get them in the playoffs but i think what scares me is you know who's going to be the other weapon that emerges on the offensive side of the ball who's going to be the other big time difference maker on the defensive side of the ball i mean yeah i know they got darius leonard and divorce buckner really good defense you need somebody else can that be quiddie pay he's shown some signs but i think ultimately what scares me is carson wentz new team hurt foot, missed a lot of camp. Now he just went on the COVID five-day list because of close contact and all, all of that. So then I look at their schedule, and yeah, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go 9 and 8.
2: You slammed the brakes I on did. your brain. I did. I did. You heard that? Yeah. All of those yeah, things. Yeah, I did. I'm going under. I'm going under. Look, Ooh, you these teams guy. that have the tension from the vaccine issue, do you think it's going to go away When you throw on top of all of that, the adversity of losing games, the adversity of injuries, the travel, the stress, the grind, you think it's going to make it better? Or do you think it's going to make it worse? Yeah, right. Oh, we're all going to come together now because we're in regular season mode and we're playing all these tough teams and we're losing some games that we'd like to win. And we're a band of brothers here, even though there's this fundamental issue on vaccination status that we continue to squabble about. It's not going to go away. I think it's only going to get worse. And when you when you throw in the Carson Wentz angle, I, I'm, I understand. He was great in 2017, MVP candidate until he tore up his knee. Yeah. 2018. He he was coming around before he had the back injury. 2019, he was spectacular. Yeah, no injuries. Carried the team on his back. Right. Then last year, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But between the injury history and the I don't know what happened from last year, I'm not ready to say that that it's going to magically change now that he's reunited with Frank Reich. I got to see it. Yeah. So for now, I'm, I'm going to say under. Yeah,
3: I'm with you. I, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, I'm not going to be shocked, of course, if they're in the playoffs. Uh, but but yeah, it's the AFC. And as we mentioned many times, it is the toughest first eight weeks of the year out of anybody in football, in my opinion. I mean, it's unreal. I mean, that is unreal. I know we got the Texans week six, but those other seven games are legit I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not but I can tell you they're going to be really tough close football games all those other teams and they're not going anywhere like the Seahawks the Rams the Titans the Dolphins the Ravens the 49ers and then the Titans again they're not going to fall off planet earth they're not they're, they're going to be they're, they're going to really you know pose some problems for a lot of football teams and I I'm with you got to see it to believe it
2: all right, Titans, 9.5 is the over-under for them as well. If you're leaning under for the Colts like me, you're going to lean over, aren't you, with yeah. the Titans?
3: Yeah, you're right. I am going to lean over. I just, have, I first off, have a lot of faith in Mike Vrabel. You got Julio Jones on the offensive side of the ball. I am interested to see you know, how the offense looks with Todd Downing and company there. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a little difference there. Uh, but Derrick Henry, and then I think they made the appropriate moves on the defensive side of the ball, too. They made their secondary better. Janoris Jenkins was phenomenal last year for the Saints. You've heard me say I would argue he was better than Marshawn Lattimore for most of the year last year. You know, Bud Dupree, I know he's not. we're not going to expect anything from him early on in the year. But, you know, even some of the rookies they drafted, uh, Caleb Farley, I think, is a superstar, and he looked the part so far in training camp. Elijah Molden, Honey Badger said that looks like me out there. He was really impressive. I, I am. I'm going with the over of the Titans.
2: You know, they've been dealing with COVID issues, although they don't have a vaccination problem in Tennessee. I'm going over as well, although I'm reluctant to say this because I never want to be accused of the dreaded jinx. I see on social media all the time, hey, will Derrick Henry rush for 2,000 yards again this year? No, he won't because no one ever has. Now, that doesn't mean it's impossible, but you're expecting a lot. When you set the bar at 2,000 for a guy, that's a lot. And I remember when Adrian Peterson cracked 2,000 in 2012, he starts talking about 2,500. You forget how difficult it is. You forget how how lucky you can get when it comes to avoiding injury in between Tannehill and... And Henry and Julio Jones, you know, uh, the, the Titans have been fortunate the past few years. They haven't had any major injury issues, and I, I just feel like, I, I just, I don't want to say I feel like they're due. I just feel like they're due. I don't know. I just feel like there's something that's bugging me about the Titans going into this year. I'm having a hard time, obviously, articulating it, but there's something that's holding me back from saying this is going to be an elite team. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But I just I feel like it's going to be hard to duplicate what they've done the last two years. I, I mean I don't I don't doubt
3: that. I mean and, and the other thing we got to take into account here the AFC South they're playing the NFC West and the AFC East like that's where I'm you know that's where I'm not going to just go crazy. Those are maybe the two best divisions in football. Certainly you got six teams from those two divisions where you go whoa you know
2: have fun playing them. All right Jacksonville. Over under six, I guess. How far under six do you think they'll well, be? Well, this goes back to the, like what I said the other day. Who was
3: on crack to put them at six wins? Okay, <laughs>
2: <That's>,
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Liverpool. All right, I'm, I'm going to get bleeped out on Sky Sports because I said they crack. bleeped you out for, for saying, saying
2: smoking crack. I guess other other so. I don't know. That was a shocker to me. Uh, but Wait, now let me let me just tell ta- yeah. i know i know we're sorry courtney i'm sorry but i just got to say this they have gone and and we love the folks at sky and we love the folks in the uk we who do have been watching the show we, awesome. i hear from folks all the time yes but it's gone from heavily a kind of bleeped Who then they had an age restriction, like you had to get a pin code (laughs) to access the show, and they weren't bleeping anything. Right now they're just bleeping everything. So somebody must have complained about the pin code. (laughs) So they just somebody over there. I'd like to know the guy who's sitting over there with a cigarette and a cup of coffee, just pressing that button. (laughs) Oh, here these here these guys go again. Here they go. They better not air my podcast, Mike. I know that they won't hear anything if they play my podcast. So we're both. We're both under on the Jaguars because we both believed that the odds makers were smoking crack. Yes. Houston over under four wins. This one's a little bit interesting. Where are you? I,
3: I, I, I err on under. I do. I, I mean, I really want to say, like, push. I, I guess if, I was re- if you're going to really make me say it, I would go push. I mean, I really think it's three, four, five wins. I just don't see it. You know, too many things going on there with Houston. It's a total rebuild. I mean, they have totally torn it down, and they're going to try to rebuild it in the vision of Nick Casario. So I, I, I'll i go under for lack – lack. Uh,
2: if i got to pick one, I'm going to pick under. I'm going to go over because they're going to be the team that everyone assumes is a bye week, and they're going to surprise some, people sleeping? some of these. Yeah, because yeah. even the bad teams need to be able to point to other bad teams and laugh. And some of those bad teams are going to find out the hard way that they shouldn't have taken the Texans for granted, and that's going to help them get to at least five wins. Five and 12, not quite a ticker tape parade in Houston, but <laughs> yeah. better than we expect. Let's take a break. It's the year of the Alabama quarterback. Which one? will have the best season. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live.
0: really uh, feel confident
3: about uh, his approach, um, his ability to uh, learn, uh, his ability to process information and really his ability to make a mistake and learn from those too.
0: I just think Mac has uh, he's, he's been incredibly poised, uh, he's uh, been able to improve over the course of our training camp and uh, he's put in the work and just uh, you know, been a trusted player for us since he's gotten here.
3: But I feel like he's been able to uh, show an ability to do things the way we want them done
2: um, at a productive level. That's why we drafted him, and I think he's come in and performed at a level that supports us. In reverse order, that was Bill Belichick, Troy Brown, and Josh McDaniels discussing Mac Jones. Troy Brown, you couldn't tell from... Him leaning forward. Troy Brown is jacked. Have you seen a picture of him? I, I, I have not. I, my, he is jacked. I remember somebody telling me, maybe it was Rodney, that Junior Seau used to do curls with 160-pound dumbbells. I, I think that Troy Brown's doing 170. He is jacked he looks i mean he he just looks like he looks bigger than he ever did when he played he's one of those guys
3: to me that doesn't get credit for as good a player as he ever was you know it's he got a little bit washed out by you know some of the other great players that there. new england didn't get credit i mean let's let's be freaking real about the guy the guy was playing receiver and db in games he played two ways i mean That just tells you what kind of an athlete, how tough, how smart he was. So, yeah, I'm sure he does got muscles popping out of everywhere.
2: Yeah, uh, Mac Jones does not. (laughs) (laughs) Good segue. (laughs) He is the starting quarterback. All right, between (laughs) Mac Jones in New England, Jalen Hurts in Philly, who we finally know is the starter there, not that we had a lot of doubt, and Tua tonga Bailoa in Miami, which Alabama quarterback will have the best season? I'm going with the Mac attack. I am. Uh, You know, one –
3: I, uh, as you, I, I, you know, Mac was, he's special. He's really damn good. I didn't expect him to make him the number three quarterback after, you know, Zach, Zach, uh, Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. When I first started to watch film, I went, Oh, this is just going to be like, Hey, he's on a real good team. And he doesn't, he's NFL ready. As you've heard me say, he was the most NFL ready in the whole class. He's the best thrower of that group. He's him and two are the best in the pocket. I'll say that probably max even better in the pocket. And then of course he's got new England around him where I have the most confidence in the fact that they will formulate game plans that fit him on a week to week basis.
2: Yeah, I agree. He's in the best spot to have a big year. And he is clearly unequivocally without any question or doubt. The guy Yeah, in Philly It's always been a little tentative, and not that Joe Flacco is going to win the job, but now Gardner Minshew's there, and we know how the Philly fans can be. They got that, speaking of crack, they got that one Super Bowl trophy, and it has made them ravenous for another one. They have no patience. They had no patience before they got a Super Bowl trophy. They've got even less now that they have one. They want to get number two in the worst way. So Jalen Hurts is under pressure there, and we talked about the two and Deshaun thing. Mac Jones is he's he's in he's he's the man. He's been entrusted with the job. They've made all those improvements on the offensive side of the ball this year. I think that uh, I think that he will have the best season. All right, which first year coach will have the best record, Chris? Who are you taking there? I think I have to go with Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers
3: on this one. Uh, you know, again, n- not the, you know, Sirianni, things look good. You know, kneecap biter. You know, I got faith in him. Atlanta, I mean, but just the, the, the this, this current status of the Chargers football team. It's, it's too talented for me to think that he won't be the most successful in the first year. I don't know if that means playoffs, but I just think they're going to win more games than, than some of these other teams that are in a worse position.
2: I think they will go to the playoffs. I think he will be one of the favorites to become coach of the year. If, you know, how you finish relative to your preseason expectations is one of the key ingredients in being coach of the year. And even now, there's just kind of this vague sense that the Chargers are the Chargers. Well, they're in position to make a move this year if they keep their key players healthy. And I think Brandon Staley uh, will, will show us why the Chargers were so uh, quick and decisive when the opportunity came to hire him. So I agree with you. It's going to be Staley. Which free agent signing will have the biggest impact in 2021, Chris? I'm going Joe Tooney uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, for, for a lot of
3: reasons, I guess. One, you stole a really good offensive lineman from a team that's a rival in your conference. All right. So you got that. And two, I think it just, it, it set a tone in the offseason that like, hey, Kansas City, we're 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 not gonna stay the same and just rest on our laurels that we've been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. We're gonna we're gonna push forward and change our football team a little bit. And we're gonna do our damnedest to protect the best player in football. And make you have to deal with him because that best player in football can almost overcome anything as long as you protect him. I mean, he's the magic man. So that to me was just big because that just set them a a tra- or a, a just a, a I guess a line or whatever where you went, whoa, Kansas City's not messing around. And then of course the Orlando Brown Brown traded uh, trade happened after that. So I'm going to say the Joe Tooney one.
2: I'll go John Johnson. We talked about him earlier this yeah. week, the safety that the Browns pilfered from the Rams. And hey, if you're gonna pay all those guys a ton of money, there are gonna be certain guys who walk away. John Johnson, a guy who who just couldn't find a spot in the budget with the Rams right. they surely would have loved to have kept him he brings an energy and attitude to that Browns defense as that team tries to not just maintain what they did last year but find ways to get to the next level I think he's going to become a key ingredient to a very very good defense if they can keep everyone healthy all right let's go ahead and take a break yesterday we drafted our candidates for offensive oh, look rookie at that. of the year there he is I told you I Damn. wasn't lying look yeah. at those pecs uh, pecs yes, and buys for uh, sure Defensive rookie of the year. And uh, I don't know, Troy, Troy Brown wouldn't count as a defensive rookie if he jumped in and played some DB, but he could if he wanted to. We'll do the defensive rookie of the year draft next here on PFT Live. Yesterday it was offensive rookie of the year. Today, defensive odds provided by the points bet sports book. Oh, uh, and uh, I I get the trivia question for the second straight day. I guess I did so well yesterday, you're asking me again? Yeah, I guess so. It's all right. right. Either way. This one's tough. I mean, you know
3: me. I'm a historian, and I don't even know this one. Only once was there co-rookie defensive players of the year. What year and who were the players? I know. I'll tell you it's the Atlanta Falcons just because this is so hard. I'll tell you that. It's the Atlanta Falcons. It's 1980. I'll even tell you the year. But. Oh, Wait, I, and it's two players two from players, the players, right? Both linebackers.
2: They're not household names. I, I only really I'll know them when you say them. I'll know. I'll, I'll I remember. I mean, I was, I was locked in. I was watching every game back then. How do I not remember this? Right. I I'll was, know them when you say them. I give. I surrender. Uh, yeah, tell I me was the names sucking on a pacifier and eating
3: baby food at this point. Or so I, I have no idea. Um, Al Richardson and Buddy Curry, okay? And I know. I, I mean, thought those names would ring a bell. They I, don't. <laughs> I don't. Al Richardson rang a bell. I did not. The other one, no disrespect to either one. I mean, that's a phenomenal accomplishment and crazy that two guys on the same team got that. Uh,
2: 80, I think, was the first year that the Falcons were good from the time that I started following football in the early 70s, and I think they that was the year they expanded the playoffs to five teams per conference, and they, they got in. That year, uh, into the it may have been play it may have played the Eagles in the four or five game. I remember that. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I don't remember those two names. All right, you get the first pick, Chris, in the defensive rookie of the year draft. Okay,
3: well, I think I'm going to just go with Micah Parsons. I mean, I'm going to take you know chalk here uh, for that one. You just you know, again, sometimes the obvious answer is the answer. I mean, the dude looks like a stud. I mean, he just he stands out from the second we saw him in the Hall of Fame game. And he's got a cool little personality. He's certainly not like afraid of being the man in Dallas and and uh, he fits the scheme. So, I, I mean, really, he's the, he might be the best player in that defense already. I'm going Micah Parsons.
2: Yeah, uh, that's the obvious pick. And we've said before, it seems like he's been in the NFL six or seven years, not a rookie straight out of Penn State. I'll go Zayvon Collins, another guy that we both liked in the preseason, a guy that I think is incredibly versatile. He's been compared to Brian Urlacher. That is a strong comparison, but he can do a lot of different things. The Cardinals have that defense where they like guys that can do a lot of different things, has a chance to stand out, has a chance to make some impacts and get attention. Not easy to do on the Cardinals, but Kyler Murray did it on the offensive side two years ago. Maybe Zayvon Collins can do it this year. Yeah, please. I
3: hear you there. I mean, He made the same impression that we just talked about with Micah Parsons, That's the, that type of player. I'm, I'm excited to see him and Isaiah Simmons in the middle of that defense. I can say, just from playing Brian Urlacher, I got to play him one time in my life, man was that a pain in the butt forget like he's smart and everything else but when you got somebody that big that athletic and that long too in the middle of the field whoa do windows seem like they're just a lot tighter than usual when when you got a guy like that all right I'm gonna go off off I'm gonna go nobody on that board here I'm just gonna go with somebody that I'm I think's a baller Caleb Farley Again, you know my thoughts on Caleb Farley. He had the you know, opt-out last year. He had a little back problem that concerned teams that made him fall to the late first round of the Tennessee Titans, but uh, hands down, if he doesn't have that, he is a top five pick, I think. He is that talented, and from what I've seen on film so far, he looks like the body is hitting on all cylinders,
2: so I'm going to go with him uh, over there in Tennessee. Well, and you've been a big believer in him from day one. There have been issues between the opt out, the back surgery, and now he's going have to have to have—he's going to have to have a lot of interceptions. Yeah, you're not going to—you're not going to get rookie of the year votes because you're a great coverage guy and they don't throw you away. Right. He's going to have to get the ball in his hands and do something with it in order to get himself in position to. Uh, To win that award. And uh, I'll stay in that same position because he brings name recognition to the table and he had a pick six in the preseason. Patrick, The second of the Denver Broncos, a guy that whatever he does will be noticed and will be talked about. And when you think about the fact that ultimately people vote on this award... That's the kind of thing that can make a difference. So the name recognition will help. That's why I go with Sertan. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you
3: there too. First off, he's looked apart as well, and you know he's got like great football IQ, you know, just like he got great hands, like we saw. Uh, so I, I, that's 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 a good pick by you, man. This is where it's tough. You know, I love Jalen Phillips, but that's a different scheme down there a little bit in Miami. They don't always let you just pin your ears back and go after it. And he got a slow start to camp because he was uh, a little bit banged up. I'm gonna go quitty Pay with the Colts. You know, they play that defense where hey, it's wide nines and it's just all about go get the quarterback. To me, he looks a little bit so far like a, a James Harrison type of guy coming off the edge. You know, yeah, it's not your measurables that you necessarily make sense for elite pass rushers, but. He's strong as hell and has an unbelievable motor. So I'll go with Pay and that defensive scheme I think it's the right fit, and I think he can certainly get a handful of sacks as the year goes on.
2: Well, you went with one of your guys in Caleb Farley. I'm going with one of my guys because I know it's a guy that you've got concerns about, Gregory Rousseau. Late first rounder of the Bills. Hey, Bills are going to score points. Yeah, Bills are going to have leads. Yeah, What happens You're right. when a team has a lead? The defense, they always say pin their ears back, which I never understood because they're wearing helmets. <laughs> but pin pin their ears back and let them go after the quarterback. And he, He's looked good in the preseason. I think that, that there are going to be some teams that drafted ahead of the Bills asking themselves, why didn't we take a, a more serious look? Another guy who opted out. But huge, long arms, disruptive, and uh, at plus... At what, what do we have the odds on him at? I, I think it's around plus 2,000, 20-to-1 shot. Your that, points uh, are good, though. You're, you're right. That, They're going to be throwing the uh, ball.
3: I, They're going to have some leads. He's going to get to just come off the edge and get after the quarterback. And, hey, he had two sacks. His long arms. You bring that up. I mean, that, that's been the difference. I mean, he gets his hands and offensive linemen's shoulders and chest, and they don't know what to do. They can't reach back. I mean, he's that long, so he's he's been
2: pretty impressive. All right. Uh, We we flew through it. And by the way, I I did a little multitasking. The year I was thinking of with the Falcons was 78. That was the first year of the expanded playoffs they had never been in the playoffs before they were down 13 nothing to the eagles and they came back as barkowski the is the
3: quarterback because who's the quarterback steve, there? Bartkowski. steve, steve Bartkowski, Bartkowski. Bartkowski. right
2: they went to the they had never been to the playoffs they went to the playoffs in 78 79 and 80 in 80 they were 12 and 4 and they actually won the nfc west wow and lost to the cowboys in the divisional round all right uh let's take a break we'll wrap up this thursday edition of pft live right after this
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: We talked yesterday about the potential location of the Saints' week one home game against the Green Bay Packers. They can't play at the Superdome given what happened with Hurricane Ida. We talked about at and Stadium as a possibility. Los Bukies. I was corrected by multiple Los Bukies fans after the show. It's not Bukies. it's Bukis. Los Bukies performing three nights later at at Stadium. Apparently, at and didn't work. As it turns out, the Saints will be playing the home game against the Packers in Jacksonville. And... According to Jeff Duncan of the New Orleans Times-Picayune, the Saints did their research on things including Aaron Rodgers' record in Florida. He's 3-4 and all-time with a 78.1 passer rating. They think the heat and humidity will give them an edge that against the Green sure. Bay Packers. Uh-huh. And, and they could have had any of the Florida venues, Miami, Tampa, or Jacksonville. And they picked Jacksonville because they looked at the flights because they think, hey, Tampa, Miami, destination location for Packers fans pandemic notwithstanding uh the the flights are the most expensive to jacksonville and it's the toughest itinerary to get to where you want to be from where you want to go so they're trying to ensure that packers fans don't show up don't flock there i think they need to worry about buccaneers fans coming over to jacksonville and rooting against the saints <laughs> i'd worry about that if i was the saints but they don't have to worry about cheeseheads or at least as many cheeseheads as they would in miami or tampa so it's funny how they looked at every detail but hey they're giving up their home field advantage this is, this is huge. This is great time. for the Packers. Right. It, it, it goes from a, well, maybe we get lucky and we win the game, to this is neutral site. Yeah. Neutral site. They have to travel. We have to travel. We can beat them here. No no question. Uh, I mean, again, we, we both
3: know the, the Superdome, uh, which I think they've renamed it, right? The Caesar Dome or whatever it is down there. Uh, the Caesars uh, Superdome. Caesar Superdome. That I mean, that's one of the toughest places to play in football. It is. And it's a huge advantage for the Green Bay Packers they don't have to go down there and deal with – you know, the Louisiana fans. I would think, you know, even, I don't know how much farther is it. They can, the Saints fans can drive to Jacksonville. I'm sure that's an aspect. The the flight thing is really amazing. The fact that they look at Roger's record is pretty damn amazing too. The first thing I did think of though was your first point that, oh, Jacksonville makes sense down there in Florida. Hey, the Saints are used to that heat down there. It it ain't that hot up there in Wisconsin. This that'll be humid and and tough to deal with. Uh, so it, it is an
2: advantage for the Green Bay Packers, though a, a big advantage of that. And and it's not Gainesville, it's Tallahassee. But Jameis Winston coming back to Florida and playing in a game that's an attraction, sure, for the local fans, right? Sure. Definitely. So I I don't know. I, who knows? It'll be interesting to see how many seats are full for that game and how they'll go about doing it will it be full price i doubt it will it be some sort of a donation who knows but it's an extra game for jacksonville involving two teams that aren't the jaguars you got the packers you got the saints you got two playoff teams yeah two high caliber teams coming to town if i lived in jacksonville i'd be at the front of the line to go see that game
3: yeah uh, i'm I'm with you there i mean yes it's it's saints I, i would be shocked if they fell off this year you know, it's still a really good football team, and they're still really good up front. There's no team that's going to push the New Orleans Saints around on either side of the football. And, of course, you know, Jameis Winston is going to bring a little different element to the offense altogether. You know, again, no disrespect to Drew Brees, but, yeah, Jameis can push the ball down the field like we talked about with some of those highlights from that Jaguars uh, preseason game. That's going to change how you have to defend them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean – it, it it should be a really good one. I feel bad for the Saints. I mean, to, to have your, you know, first month of your year just thrown like into a major curveball like this, wow, is that a lot to deal with.
2: By the way, Chris, I was thinking about building a new house, but I think somebody stole my plans. Mark Davis got my plans. Look at look at the house. Whoa. That Mark Davis is building 15,000 square feet including a 5400 square foot garage, 14 million dollars. It, it looks like something that you would roll into their new stadium. I, it, it, it looks is amazing. amazing. I want to throw the
3: challenge flag, though, and go, that costs more than $14 million. okay? I don't know. I just, you know. Depends again, on what it's made out of. I've been around the block a few times in my life, and that's not a $14 million house. I'll just say that. I feel like that might have been like a, hey, do me a favor and don't tell everybody it's a $40 million house. <laughs> We're done. See ya See tomorrow.
1: There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what grandma
2: would want. Pa da pa ba ba at participating McDonald's for a limited time.